Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. Well, nothing, no, nothing new here. I want to I wanna get through the intro quickly because it's one of my favorites. Big surprise. Pete likes the episode. Pete's a big fan of the show. Uh, that oh, that's I'll edit that out. No way we're going to keep that in. Anyway, guys, Greg Fitzsimmons is on the show today. I, I'm thrilled. I was thrilled that he came on, and I'm thrilled that it went well. And uh, as always, I just want to remind everybody to put their favorite moments, quotes, dialogues, drawings, if you're nasty. Am I going to make that joke every time? Yeah. That's that's 100% yes. If you're nasty, do a drawing or some sort of uh, some sort of artwork that you want to post on there. It's facebook.com regular slash you made it weird. Uh, you can also email the show weird at nerdist.com. Pretty good. I kind of answer them in bursts. People, they, they don't go to Katie. A lot of people are wondering if they go to Katie. Katie does like 90 podcasts. She doesn't have the time. I'm reading these emails. I read these emails, and they're wonderful and crispy, and I, I really appreciate it. Uh, also, I wanted to plug Ugly Americans, which is a show that I do voices on. It's coming back to Comedy Central Wednesday, March 14th at 10.30 p.m., 9.30 Central, and we'll be on every Wednesday at that time for a while. One of my favorite shows. So happy that I get to do it. Uh, I'm not going to do the tour dates. If you want tour dates, go to PeteHolmes.com. Uh, we got... Uh, you Made It Weird live on April 7th at the Gramercy Theater. After that, there's Portland, Atlanta, Salt Lake City, and then Indiana. Go to PeteHolmes.com if you want to know. As always, we're brought to you by Gamefly.com. <laughs> Go to Gamefly.com backslash weird for your two-week free trial. They got all the games, guys. They they got they got uh, Copernicus's Dilemma, formerly only available for the Turbo, TurboGrafx-16, uh, but it's back. Copernicus's Dilemma is back. Uh, fledging uh, fembots, fledgling, fledgling fembots uh, from the makers of uh, Tiger Woods Golf. Fled, fledgling fembots. They got all the hits: two bunnies and a sword and a pizza place. Uh, slap the salamander. Slap the salamander two. Who's slapping who? That's a big one. They got that for the Game Boy Advantage and for the uh, Sega CD DSL. That's that's a gives you internet. <clears throat> service also joust arkham pants fire it's a batman game where there are different pairs of pants that are that are on go to gamefly.com backslash weird for all these games and also real ones it's a great service support the show get your trial listen to the episode greg fitzsimmons fix simmons pretty excited get it get into it you weirdos you you nasty weirdos maybe not <laughs> You know why I, I get. You know why I take that back is because <laughs> I'm struck so many times how there are so many different uh, little cells. Not yeah. to use the terrorist term, but cells of uh, of comedy. Yeah. When I go to the Laugh Factory where you're performing tonight, are right? we recording? Oh yeah, we're, we've begun. This is the podcast. This is it. Oh. I, there, there are two people there. Yes, yeah, people are often struck because I'm just trying to make this as natural as wow. possible. I feel like I was just date raped. <laughs> you should have put a coaster on your drink, man. I thought that this was is, your thumb. Yeah. No, God. I don't know if <laughs> laughing at that, am I somehow endorsing <laughs> date rape? Did everyone write the joke where they're like, date rape, at least you get a date. Wasn't that a big thing? 
well, I, it's a very stupid I, I, joke. I, well, I do always think that it sounds a little bit like, uh, like yeah, like you got something out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of better terms for it. You know, like why not just uh, rape? <laughs> yeah, it's just rape. Really, it's why, just rape. Why quantify it? Yeah. Are we gonna have field rape and jungle rape? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why? It, it was rape. It's like the worst thing that can Movie happen. Movie and a dinner rape. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think you just call it rape. If you had a penis inside of you that was not welcomed, not invited in. I actually think I read in Massachusetts, you're wearing a Boston University. Yeah. Uh, did you go there? Yes. In, I, I don't know if this is Massachusetts, but I read it when I was there. So I think it might have been their laws. Uh, and Are we all- still doing the podcast? This is the podcast. Okay. <laughs> You can't, you can't accept that this is what it is. This is what people want to hear, man. Okay. De, uh, de rape right up top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is it. Uh, but they were saying that rape is defined as uh, being penetrated any orifice with anything, basically. It was very liberal. Interesting. And it was like – and it listed pool cue, glass bottle. None of this is really that funny. It was more – Weird, and it also listed ear, nose, mouth. Like, so if a wet willy, if you press charges, yeah, is rape. And you know what? Fuck yeah, I hate wet willies. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. It's disgusting. Yeah, wet willies is like, uh, I would imagine it spreads disease. But then you think yeah, about sure. doctors are the biggest fucking serial rapists of all time. They're in your ears, your yeah. nose, your well, throat. And your vag. Your ass. Your ass. Your yeah, vag. yeah, your vag. Yeah, I was thinking about that last night. There's no, you can't. A guy can't just completely shut it off and be like, "Oh, it's no. clinical. It's clinical. I know. It's clinical." Especially it's if you're in Beverly Hills and say like, right? Say like Angelina Jolie comes in. Don't tell me when she's up right. in the stirrup. Yeah, and you're and you're touching and feeling around in there. Right. That you don't go like, "Holy shit!" You're she's got just a little happy trail. I oh, of course, of all course. Those thoughts are going to go. Through you're your still head. a mammal, even though you're wearing a white jacket. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're wearing a white jacket and you want a jacket. And then... No! (laughs) I saw on your face, am I going to make fun of him for that horrible joke? I was almost going to let it it go. Yeah. Um, And also, you're you're grabbing her tits and you're mushing them and feeling around in them. a lot of mushing. For... Although there was, there was one time that I had to get my sperm tested, right? Yeah. And I, so I had to produce sperm in a hospital. And I remember I brought – this was at a time when uh, phones uh, weren't as internet accessible. So I brought a single frame of pornography like somehow on my phone. And it was a girl bending over. <laughs> that's your thing? I mean what? It, it, that's an enjoyable thing for most people. Eh. Ass? Yeah. No, no, don't enjoy the ass. I mean, we have a maid, and I never really get into it. Well, she's... I mean, she wasn't wearing any clothes. It was, it was, you know, the the parts really didn't make an appearance. It really was just a pretty tasteful, just like kind of the porn you probably tasteful. think my persona would look at, yeah. like a friendly guy. Like, can yeah. I just say a lady's ass? Yeah. Like it could have been painted on the side of an airplane, dropping bombs. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Pretty tasteful. But uh, I remember in a doctor's office, suddenly it just looked clinical. You know what I mean? It just looked like when she when I was at home saving the image, it looked like she was like, yeah, fuck me. And then at the doctor's office, it was like, I hope it's nothing serious. Like she was bending over for some sort of exam. And it was very, very difficult to uh, yeah. get in the mood yeah. with myself. Do they offer you materials? <clears throat> you, you know, I really feel like I was robbed. The whole experience, I really feel robbed. They don't do that. They don't have a designated room for it, I'd like to say. they have. Uh, what do you mean? You go in a bathroom? No, not even. Not even. This is this is the story. I've told it on stage, so forgive me if you've heard this. But like, you go in and they 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 looked like they had never done it before. It was a urologist. It's part of what they do. And there was a discussion on where to put me. And they were like, "Uh, well, we'll just leave the room and we'll be in here." And we were on the second floor in an office 
floor-to-ceiling picture window overlooking a park. Oh, That's wow. true. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. Leave me in the sunroom. Yeah. I just hope that kid in the sandbox doesn't tilt his head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Slightly upward. Yeah. And then I'm not – this is the big uh, – this is why I do it on stage because I think this is very funny, but it's true. He goes, oh, wait. You know what? Yvonne is running late. Put him in Yvonne's office. And I say, that is a new motivation to get to work on time. <laughs> Because be here early, or we're going to send random dudes in there just taking themselves yeah, to dinner. Yeah. So be here on time, or turn the pictures of your family around. And the you're choice waiting is for yours. Yvonne to walk in. That's got to be a turn on. They, what, it, yeah, that, Yvonne's a good name. Too. Yes. Y- Yvonne. Yvonne. She's Argentinian, and she's Ooh. not overweight, but she's filled out. Well, I had to wait three days to uh, – and that's a long time for me. I don't know if that's a long time. You waited three days for what? To, you can't jerk off for three days. Oh. And I, that was a big deal. It still is a big deal. If I have you to go still jerk days, off every day, I jerk off. Wow, a good, goodly amount. Not every day. Not not not. How late. old are you? Uh, Thirty. I was going to say twenty-six. You ever stick with an age? Yeah, I'm thirteen. <laughs> thirteen years old. This is what I love about you, man. You you have thoughts and opinions. You're ready to go. Yeah. You're like a comedian through and through. It's yeah. a true delight. I. Uh, Here's here's I'd love to talk about uh, masturbation. I I first of all I grew up religious, yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time repressing. Same it. with me, absolutely. And then once I let go of that, like Oscar Wilde, the only way to get rid of temptation is to yield to it. Mm. It suddenly became so much less uh, less alluring. And then I was just doing it a lot because I, I had been like repressing it. And I'm like now I'm not. And then uh, and now in a place where like I I think about it, I'm like I should stop masturbating so much so I'll be more. You have more energy. Yeah. More, you're more interesting. Yes. You're more in touch with your feelings. Like, no, my friend talked about it. He went to a therapist and he talked about how he'd you know, go to his office to write and then he would end up jerking off and he would lose all his drive. And his doctor was yeah. like, yeah, you're literally jerking off. You're taking yeah. all of your creativity and you're just discharging it. And you really never are productive after you do it. Well, that's what it is. Like uh, Louis C.K. says on his show, or actually what he said on his Marin, actually, he talked about he realized that most of the things he does is to squash anxiety. Yeah. So jerking off is like taking a Xanax or having a cocktail or whatever you do, smoking weed for some people. It just makes you feel like, I'm just here now. Yes. And you could like watch a movie. Whereas if I don't jerk off during the movie, I'm like, ah, fuck her. Ah, fuck her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of distracting. Yes, but it's also, I think, like, sometimes when I go on stage, I feel like if any of my basic human needs have been met, I'm not going to do a good performance. That's so good. I got to be a little tired, a little angry, a little hungry. Fucking A, really? You know, like, getting to a gig late is the best, because then you just rush on and yes. you're agitated. That, oh, yeah, that, that, you're already in motion. Your yeah. heartbeat is and going. And I never jerk off before a show. I love that. I, I've been trying to do that more. And I, I don't know if this sounds like two sociopaths, but I'm sure every comedian has some sort of theory, do I jerk off or do I not jerk off before the show? It's going to be a different kind of performance. Yeah. I know uh, Bill Maher uh, allegedly jerks heard, off yeah. in his office before every taping. Right. Yeah. And I used to write for him. I wrote on his show. And uh, he would go in his office for a while. <laughs> I mean, I can't say what he did in there. No one can. No. He see, he kind of has a, yeah, I took myself, yeah, I took, yeah, yeah. whatever. So what? Yeah. New rule. I'm jerking it. <laughs> I wish, I wish so bad in that moment I could have done a Bill Maher impression, Such but I can't. Such a bad uh, one. Yeah. yeah, what is it? No rule. It's yeah. like dice. It was horrible. Uh, but I, I think, like, here's the thing. I was actually just in therapy, and I was talking about this, and I was like, uh, I haven't, I, I tell my therapist, I was like, I haven't done that in a while. You know Jerked what I mean? Off? Yes. And for me, a while would be like three, four days. Yeah. 
And then I was like, and it starts to like bleed into everything. My dreams become like hugely sexual. It's like really? all, yeah, yeah. And so like, and then, and then I, I think, I don't know if anyone has a bit about this, but I kind of like, we don't do it for us. We do it for women. It's like to make us less of monsters is yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Just because like it, it helps us focus. But then I'm also kind of like. When I'm backed up or when I'm in heat or whatever, suddenly it makes sense to talk to people. It makes sense to kind of like go out and be social. Just not even with the goal of fucking. Yeah. But just to be kind of like alive. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's – I've gotten to a point with really uh, – kind of ashamed more than I ever have been when I jerk off. Really? Yeah, like I, I have an office, you know, and it's uh, it's not much bigger than this uh, studio. And I go there and I have tons of porn. Like I have uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, Miss You, a uh, little book of CDs. Okay. Stuffed with porn because I hosted the Porn Awards. So they, they yeah. mailed every production company sent me tons and tons of porn so it's all in there and i and i jerk off yeah in my office and then I but, I but i don't even do it that often anymore because i feel so bad after i do why because you're a married man with kids and it's like you're it's beneath you it's just so sad after all these years that i still do it because it's a it's a game it's a magic trick yeah you're not getting laid right you know it's a trick it's just a thing that you know, your stupid dick believed it allowed itself to believe. Like when we go to theater, we believe, oh, this is a Willie Loman. Yeah, your yeah. dick was like, this is sex. Yes, that's and a it's that's stupid. a funny way to look at it. It's yeah, stupid. your dick, your dick is like a bad audience, <laughs> and they're easily beguiled. And then you, and then when I'm done, I always feel shameful. I always like cleaning up and yeah. you know putting my pants back. Yeah. On. Like putting your pants back on after sex is heroic. <laughs> But after jerking off, it's you... such a sad thing. Yeah. Oh. And then whatever you do next, whatever activity you immediately go to is completely soiled by the fact that you were yeah. just, you know, grabbing your own dick. Yes. So uh. many so many things about that. Is, is that Catholic guilt? That's the first yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. That's got to be. Yeah. That's got to be. I used to, I used to see in Harvard Square there would be Catholics and stuff. Uh, that have signs like anti-masturbation signs like Catholics yeah. usually high church like you have a bit about it let's be Catholic on Sunday yeah. but like this was some sort of like uh, sleeping with someone that's not your wife will send you to hell yeah. sort of stuff maybe I'm misremembering that it was Catholics but I think it was Catholics so yeah. I remember making a note and being like that's strange they seem like the cooler group well Mormons are really like that well tie tie your hands to the bedpost sort of stuff really oh yeah I, I knew a guy on his mission that he would uh, that's a Mormon thing well, this is this Mormon. I, I don't want to yeah. speak for all the Mormons, but I was friends with some Mormons. I love Mormons. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I feel like I, I have a big heart for them because growing up religious, and they grew up real religious. Yeah. So I just want to hug them and help them. They've yeah. never come to my house, but if they did, I'd be like, you can come in. No Mormon stuff, but I'll get you a Coke. I'd jerk them off. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gay, but I'd be like, dude. Let me minister to you. Let me, yeah, let There's me nothing bring the sexual Lord. about this. This no. is just a favor. I'm doing you know, that. That was the solid. thing I was thinking about the other day is like, what if gay didn't exist? Never did. Like, there was just never any such thing as gay. Yes. Would would there be a, we, a different energy like yeah. between you and I and all yeah. guys? Would we like walk arm in arm? Would we be like the French? Right. And, well, like, I was going to say like ancient Greece. Yeah. Ancient Greece had, was the, a type of society in my understanding, which is limited, that they were just like, 
It's just sex. It's all yeah. just sex. This yeah. troubles me all the time because Dave Holmes is a, a gay man, and we had a nice long talk about homosexuality. And and I and like that night, I I, I felt myself thinking about how we shape the uh, sexuality of of our children. You know yeah. what I mean? And I said that to him. I was like, my dad had a hand in it. I I don't think it was bad, but I definitely felt like he was encouraging girls we do this you know with babies ah he's gonna be a heartbreaker yeah. you know he's gonna chase some skirts you yeah. know what i mean and then and then, how do you feel about that oh yeah my son is gonna be a fucking pussy hound <laughs> now now you know what i think he's gonna be a real monogamist and it kills me because why uh, because i was a i was how a numbers old? guy i was all about the numbers really? i didn't care what she looked like if she, if she would touch me or i could have it can was I, in. Can I, I was just in. say this is why I've always been uh, not sexually, but attracted to you? I love your uh, vibe. You feel like this guy. You're like salty. You're scrappy. I know you could eat my heart. I'm like three times not that big, but I'm bigger than you. You could eat my fucking heart. I see you in a New England bar, and you're just like, I'm all about the numbers. <laughs> And I'm just so <laughs> just a low rent yes. fucking no class guy. But yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it so well, much because here I am being like, I shop at Banana Republic yeah, and you're like, yeah. We're all gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> it's the greatest thing no, in the that world. That was a long talk we had of that benefit was just that you don't really yeah. you just don't have that anger. You don't have that Well, yeah, I'm I'm envious well, of your anger. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let finish that. We'll get to the anger. I want you to so hear about So I the think kid. that my son is a very he's just a good kid like he never met a rule he wouldn't he didn't like really you know like i tried to get him to do shit like i we went to a movie and i go come on let's sneak into the other one now and he's like would not walk in no yeah or like there was this we went to play tennis and uh the court was closed <laughs> off with yellow tape because the nets were down yeah I was like come on we'll just go in and hit it around no wouldn't would not go in really tells us if he's watching he's watching a movie on the plane he's like he takes his headphones off i was like what's the matter he goes this is inappropriate for me Really? So I think he's going to be really monogamous, and I think he's going to be... This is like a He's case. a fucking gorgeous kid. Captain of the soccer team, uh-huh. straight A's, uh-huh. you know, taller than, than the other kids. And I mean, just physically yeah. beautiful-looking human being. Yes. And he could tear it up. I, it kills me, <laughs> the potential for him to go to college. Literally, talk. He could get the fucking directory of the college and just start checking them off. Work Duck. his way through over four years. Numbers. Just numbers. And you're his dad. I love this so much. And he's going to have some girl who's, who's sweet <laughs> and dressed appropriately, and they're going to really have a relationship. Yeah. And I'll be happy for him. But there's a part of me that just feels like it's a missed opportunity. Isn't there an emptiness? This is this is a guy like your son asking. Isn't yeah. there an emptiness in the numbers? No. <laughs> you can constantly refill it. Because the emptiness is like, see, my friends were where I felt close. Yeah. I was always really close to my boys. Yes. And then the sex was always this thing that was what we kind of, was like our activity. Right. But the girl was, it was always a betrayal. When one of us had a girlfriend, it was like, that's gay. You, got a <laughs> you, you, you have a girl. Yeah, that's yeah. The it just seemed so weak. It yeah. seemed like you couldn't handle it. But how do you get from clear? I'm so transparent on this podcast. I'm just so transparent. Uh, how do you get from religious you guilt over jerking off, fire, brimstone, high church confession, the name of the dominoes, all that, to play having sex is like playing racquetball with a girl. I'll be close with my friends. I just want to roll around with this. I think because. Um, 
I was raised Irish Catholic, which really is a very rebellious strain of the order, <laughs> you know, where we are told we are brought up to do the opposite of what we're told to do. So it's like you you're saying you get the high high Sunday. Yeah. And then you've got the rest of the week. Yeah. And it's and it's really about, you know, purge, you know, binge and purge. Yes. And so, you know, I would I would feel kind of guilty. But at the same time, it was like. I mean, I had a drinking problem, and I would I would put women in that same category. It was very much an women addiction. problem. Yeah, it was like I needed that rush. I needed the the conquer, and yeah, you know. And then I liked to. You found it validating. Yeah, very validating. Yeah. And when I had sex, I would really, I would fuck. I mean, I would go down on it forever. And, uh, you know, and then in the morning again, and I just really was a rock star. Yeah. And I didn't know how much of it was really for my own needs and how much of it was just to show her that I could consume Like a performance. Like yeah. Like a performance. Somewhat. And she's the audience. She's the audience. And then she would then tell her friends, right. this guy will take care of you. So it became a domino effect. That happens? Oh, yeah. Very much so. Jewish girls at Boston University? Yeah. Hell yeah. There's a scouting report. There's a scouting report? It started with this girl, Rachel. And it was the first- A Jewish girl named Rachel? Yes, Rachel. <laughs> I'm just shocked I by everything. I her last name. <laughs> but, uh, and, and first night, uh, <laughs> drunk, snort and crank with this kid I hadn't seen in years. Crank is speed? Yeah. And then I'm out on the 50-yard line of the football field, and our dorms surround the football field, but it's dark. 50-yard line, uh, wanted to have sex. She couldn't because she was having her period. She offered me the back door. Oh, no. And for the, the first four days line. of school, I had sex with her anally every night. And then I uh, and then I finally had vaginal sex with her like a week later. You opened with anal? Yep. You opened with anal? Opened with a- she opened with anal. Yeah, no. I'd never had anal in my life. First day of college. And you went for it. On the 50-yard line, lubeless then. You know, I had a condom and I felt like I should wear it because yeah. it was uh, AIDS was just yeah becoming peeking part of, over the yeah, and I had heard rumors about the whole ass thing. Sure. So it was a condom that had enough lube on it, and she huh. she apparently was no stranger to a dick in the back door. So it was just it there was not a lot of resistance. <laughs> we we started so quick and so deep and from so rape fast. to anal sex. Yeah, wow. we, this is this all right. Is, let's clean it up. The greatest let's episode clean it up. ever. Uh, no, that's fantastic. Well, we can go into anger as well, which is the other, which is the other part of this helix is that that thing. As I'm talking to you, we're in that Cape Cod bar during the day drinking Cape Cods, Cotters, Quarters. Have some freaking quarters. Have a freaking quarter. Let me buy one for the colored kid down there. <laughs> you did go to school in Boston. <laughs> uh, you're not from there. I'm from New York. Oh, you're from New York. Not yeah. far. Not far. No. Not far. Well, Boston's an interesting place. Yeah, it is. I find it. I said to Bill Burr, who is from Boston, I said it's a harsh place, and then I said I loved it, and he thought that was contradictory. I actually think that's exactly. I don't how think I that's feel contradictory it. at all. It's harsh to me because I remember that's how I felt when the way I feel when I go home is how I felt growing up, which is small and kind of like powerless. So there's there's like where's that. Uh, like the Boston area, Cambridge is yeah. where I went to school, and then Lexington, yeah. Massachusetts is where I grew up. So I, it just kind of reverts me back, you know what I mean? Kind of like a prophet in his hometown sort of thing. I yeah. always feel small there. Yeah. So that's what I'm picking up on. But then also like the the driving, the pinched faces, the winters, something about like, go fuck yourself, cocksucker. Yeah. yeah. You know, I see it on the faces of people that I love. This is my family. They yeah. delight me and they love me, but I'm like, it's a harsh town. It's a harsh town, and like people's skin 
It's like they drank too much. So there's the paunch, and they've been sunburnt too many times. Yeah, and the cold wind has just made it like leather. Yes, and they've smoked, so it's fucking ashy. <laughs> and you, and you, and they they don't wear enough clothing. Like you see, like the union guys never. with like denim jackets yes. on, and it's twenty degrees. Yes, my dad still refuses to wear sunblock. He's like me. He's fair, just red. Yeah, fucking yeah. a fuck off red. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He's like, I'm not gonna. I can't be. What am I, a fucking a... infant? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Coppertone girl, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, fucking Coppertone. Why did I pull that fucking bikini bottom <laughs> down a little further? <laughs> like the 50 yard line. <laughs> Whoa. Hey. She's way too young. Uh, she's a cartoon. Uh, so, okay, harsh place, good place for comedy. And a weird place for an angry person. <laughs> yeah. This is the conversation that we had. I'm envious of your anger. You're in touch with it. But also... I think you have to uh, compartmentalize it. You have to keep it away. You have yes. a lot of it. Yeah. That's that's what I was struck by when I listened to you on Marin, for example, just beating the fuck out of people. Mm-hmm. As you say, seeing white. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like uh, people cutting you off. Stuff that we, me, I can only speak for people like me. I was I was on a plane. No, not to brag. I was on a plane and it's virgin, so this, the uh, screens are in the seat. Sure. Okay. And the fucking... <laughs> person next to me couldn't get it through their head that you can't change the channel while they're making the announcements you know when yeah. it's explaining how to put your seatbelt on and this and this and this so they kept with their fucking it's like fat. in the back of your head they're fucking poking well, the back of your that's head that's what they're yeah. doing to the person next to the, me in yeah. front of them yeah and they're doing it mashing yeah i can just hear the cold flesh yeah. i want to order pretzels so yeah. in my mind friendly face johnny me what's with johnny lately johnny. friendly face pete is just like yelling at this person mm. i want to i want to choke them i want to be like hey it's you got to wait 2 minutes yeah. you know what i mean i i hate them yeah and then the person behind me starts doing it and they and now i'm moving yeah. forward yeah. so i'm just in hell and what i do is I don't know where this came from. I just can I'll keep my mouth shut because in my mind I go, "What's the point?" Yeah, you know what I mean. I could tell them to stop. That really, would you tell them to stop? I had a I had an incident not long ago. <laughs> Will you tell me how to be? I, <laughs> <laughs> I love the tone of your voice when you said that. Help me! Will you tell me how to be? I just need help getting. I'm into on a this. plane and I start. Uh, we take off and then I go to recline my seat. And there's a fat woman behind me, and she's got her knees uh, that she's not allowing me to back up my seat. And she uh-huh. goes, uh, she goes, there's no room. And I go, well, you got to make room. I mean, it's like a few inches, and I, I want to put my seat back. So she fucking must have gone like horizontal and put her knees into my back. Yes. And so I went horizontal. And I'm leaning back as hard as I... I mean, oh this goes on God. for five to ten minutes. No. Where I'm pushing no. back. She's pushing no. it to me. I mean, I'm working up a sweat. And she's like cursing at me. And I'm going, I'm putting it back. No! This happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And so finally, a stewardess walks by and sees us like wrestling. And she goes, is there a problem? I go, this lady won't let me put my seat back. What? And she says to the lady, you have to let him put his seat back. And she starts screaming at the stewardess. And I put my seat back. And for the rest of the flight, just like every three minutes, just oh, a, a knee in the back okay. of my And I just, uh, but I was smiling, smiling through it. I See, won. to you, I suppose, acting out the conflict and being right is pleasure. Yes. And for me, the knee 
would uh, be worse. That that discomfort, knowing that someone was mad at me, yeah. is greater than the, any comfort or pleasure that I would get out of acting. Yeah, yeah. Let me throw this another one at you. I, 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 I'd actually love to run every conflict in my life okay. and see how you would do it. Okay. <laughs> because that's fascinating. You're leaning back in the chair, happy. Sure. Loving it. Feeling righteous. No, when there's a conflict, Justice. I am drawn to it like like uh, like a starving child to a Twinkie. Really? I, I see conflict on the street. I pull over. If I see two people fight. I was at the airport uh, <laughs> six months ago, and there was a lady going to get into a taxi cab, and the taxi cab pulled out before she was all the way in, and she fell out, and I ripped his door open, and I pulled him out of the cab, and I threw him against his own cab. No. Yeah. You're I mean, Batman. I ran around. You're into, Batman. <laughs> it's just stupid. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. But and I'm not a big guy, and, and no, people think that I. And I'm not a tough guy. I'm really not. I'm just impulsive. You're I, salty. I just. I have to get in the middle of it. I. That's so the opposite of me forever. Yeah. I'll, and I hate. We that should my, have a sitcom. I know. We should have a buddy cop movie right yes. now. Fitz, no! You're always... <laughs> no! I gotta call this in! Yeah, I'm yeah. doing the paperwork. Well, this is a headache for old Petey! <laughs> uh, and I'm going, Officer Holmes, I need some backup here! <laughs> and I'm like... Stop crying! Protocol says I have to... <laughs> yeah. And of course I'm weeping. I would be so uncomfortable seeing that happen. What happens? So you grab the guy, you throw him on the cab, and you say, Hey, that lady fell out of your She's cab. She's pregnant. Really? Yeah. This story keeps getting better. And then the uh, airport uh, security guy came up. You yes. Know, and they, they handled it from there. How did you stop him? You pulled in front of him? I walked in front of his car, stopped him, slammed on his hood. Then I opened up his door. Uh, because he tried to... I went to the front of his car, and then he like <sighs> pretended he was going to floor it into me. Yeah. And I just put my hands in front of the car. And then I came around and opened the door. And it had his door been locked. This is all I'm thinking. If his door had been locked, he would have been gone. Pregnant lady be on her back and uh, probably miscarried. Did she fall down? Yes. Well, not fall. But she She had stumbled. a leg in, leg out, and then she kind of stumbled back. Wow. And uh, everybody was like, <gasps> Really? Yeah. So I mean, everybody, everybody saw it. Oh, but uh, there's something so old school and just uh, lovely about this story. It, it does me well. I, what would I do? I, I think I would... Go and talk to the woman. You know yeah, what I mean? I'd yeah, be like, yeah. are you okay? And it's probably the right asshole. thing to do, actually, because. But, like, but fuck me, man. You're no, the best. Oh, no. <laughs> You you did. They don't make movies about me. You know what I mean? Guys like yeah. me, unless you want to have like an inner monologue uh, and oh, all the things I'm thinking. Yeah. You're, you did something. Yeah. You must have a lot of testosterone or something. I, well, they say that's when your hair falls out. Decisiveness, it's, hair loss. These are things. A lot of uh, testosterone makes your hair fall out. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I bet and you have you a, have shit a ton full of it. head yep. of hair. And, a, and it's all over my pussy, too. <laughs> If you had a pussy, how would you groom it? Uh, good question. Tasteful? Yeah. I'd want it I don't want it to have an unnatural shape. I don't like the landing strip necessarily. Mm-hmm. I want it to look like a delta. Yeah. You know what I mean? The full triangle. Sure. And I want it to end a little bit maybe before it would have ended. I don't want it going yeah. up to the belly button. No. But I do enjoy that. I've had the girl that uh, goes all off, you know what I mean? And that does feel pretty good. Completely shaven. Completely shaven. Hmm. That's pretty fun. Yeah, that was before my time. Oh, yeah, that's a new thing. Yeah. That's a new thing. I mean, I've been with my wife for 15 years. She so. could do it. I shaved her once. Oh, you did it? 
Didn't enjoy it. See, that's your testosterone, too. You're grabbing people out of cabs. You're shaving your wife's pussy. Shaving my wife's pussy. She was asleep at the time. (laughs) She was not. (laughs) No, but I... uh, You have no impulse control. No, I've... I think it was only once that I shaved her pussy, and then I didn't like it. I just felt like it looked like an infant. Well, that's the counter-argument that I was kind of anticipating. I didn't didn't ask for this, but I did receive it, and I was like, okay. I like it when it's really fully grown out. Really? Bushy? Completely bushy. Really? Yeah, like I did that uh, Dave Attell show, the um, Dave's Old Porn on yep. Showtime. Have you seen that? No. It's the old, old porn actresses, you know, with the full bushes. <laughs> I get so turned on by that. First of all, their tits are real. Yeah. Well, that's, that's and the, a... the vaginal hair is just blown out. I just, I love it. I'm, a, I'm with you on uh, real real boobs. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't have... I don't, Asian girls. Oh, when you like Asian girls? Now you're talking my talk. See how different are we? I was just going to say Asian girls. Typically, some of them. Oh my God, most gorgeous things. But uh, sometimes the hair is very. This is very sexual and uncomfortable for me. Uh, very. It can be very like kind of. It looks different. It's kind of straight. You know. Talking what I mean? about the pictures or ones you've been with? I've never been with an Asian girl. No. Yeah, I think it is very straight, and the Japanese girls tend to really grow it out. Yeah. Um, then you get, you, you know, uh, Pacific Islanders tend to, you know, keep it tight. Uh, Filipinos forget about it. Nothing. There's never anything on there. <laughs> we are in a bar in Cape Cod right now. <laughs> That's right. Day drinking. Yeah. That's well, what you know, is. you fucking, uh, I met old salty fits and on my show where I'm supposed to make you feel weird. You're yeah. going, what do you, what's your pube preference? And yeah. I'm fucking flushed <laughs> and wondering what people are thinking about wholesome old If painting. you were a woman yeah. and you were flat chested, like an A cup, would you get implants? Ooh. How big am I? Does Your it... size. Really? Yeah. Fuck. I know. You know not, what... I mean, not what are you, six one? Six six. Shut up. I'm a goddamn beast. All right, beast. so say you're say you're a five foot nine woman, five the ten. Girl version of six. You can almost get away with a smaller uh, breast size when you're tall yep. and thin. I was thinking about this recently. There's a girl I know and I don't know if sometimes I think about people and just like what I would do if I were them. Yeah. I don't is that weird? No, not at all. I was thinking about a friend of somebody I kind of casually know and I was like they're kind of like schlubby. And I'm like, so I started thinking about what I would do with their look. Oh, you know what I, I mean? See, I know I this, this is weird. That but is I, weird. There's a lot of time in the day. I used to do it in high school. I, I had a substitute teacher named Miss Karen who was just really, really gross. Yeah. And I used to be like, okay, I'm Miss Karen. What am I going to do with that? Like, what would you wear? Yeah, what would I wear? What could I do to reel this in a little yeah. bit? Sometimes I do that. And, and this girl was also tall and big. And I, I think the answer is... I would honestly be like, this is my deal. I'm a, I'm a, like a doughy five foot eleven girl with small breasts. I'm gonna find somebody that likes that. That's yeah. what I think I would do. Where do you go? Right. I mean, with the internet, it's a lot easier yeah. to be that and find somebody. But that's uh, I, th- I, I know it's a stereotype, but there's well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, say it. Black guys like big white women. Does she have big butt? Yeah. Yeah, but she's got to be. A lot of women just are not categorically right. into You're black right. guys. You're right. Well, I, I also thought you were going to say a lot of women are big and don't have the... Uh, I, first of all, that's a weird stereotype because I also love uh, the, a lot of things that uh, black guys like. The, they, they look like uh, birthing, birth, birth-able. You know what I mean? Big boobs, big butt, big hips. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's some caveman shit. You're like, this one will produce. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's and that's very, why I don't uh, like the uh, necessarily the Asian. That seems like the modern, modern, you know, thin, athletic. Yeah, but what about their little feet? Their cute little feet. Ah! 
Oh. You made it weird. They have just the like little brown toes, little nubby toes. They never have that long oh, fucking American girl toe where one's too long. It looks like yeah, it's giving the you the second finger. Toe. Yeah. Oh. And like you know, and, then the, and like the nail on the pinky isn't even a nail. Yeah. It's like a little. It's yeah. like when you clip your toe. Yeah. That that the amount of nail that comes off is the actual pinky nail. Yes. And it's like sticking up. Well, and put. they still try to paint it. Yeah. Just the oh, idea of paint. God, are you a foot guy? Not a foot guy, but I would say I appreciate a good foot. <laughs> it's almost like I heard about foot fetishism, and it made me curious enough to start looking at women's feet. Yeah, and if women have on flip flops, you just looked at Katie's. Feet. Yeah, I don't know if she had flip flops. You're on. all testosterone. Do you wear flip flops at all? Yeah, uh, I must have looked at your feet in the past, and you know, it, and I really do take it in. And usually, if I've seen a woman's feet, I can tell you exactly what her feet look like in my head. Oh, really? A- any woman I've ever met, if I know her, yeah, I can tell you if I've seen her feet, I can tell you what they look like. Really? You yeah. can sketch them. Yeah. And, and I'm not a guy. I've never put anyone's feet in my mouth. I've never jerked off at anyone's feet. It's just very much like the way I'd look at their face yep. or their body. And just appreciate I look at the it. feet. Like Michelangelo. Like those are feet I could sculpt. Those are very much feet. so. Yeah, just an appreciation. Yes. Not, you don't want a foot hand job, a foot job. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Were we just talking about that on this show? The double one, where they sit like, uh, yeah. like in the lotus position. Who was that? That must have been a life conversation. My podcast and my life are just blending into one indistinguishable thing. But somebody wrote in their memoirs. It might have. I don't. Oh God, I'm sorry. I can't remember who it was. But it's some someone like Howard Stern, but not Howard. Stern. Yeah. And he was like, one of the greatest regrets of my life was this girl offered me a, a foot job. Yeah. And that was her specialty. Yeah. I think she was a hooker or something. I don't know. Uh, something like that. And he declined. I think it was Daryl Hannah. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. She probably got like size 11 feet. Uh, why? Oh, why? That'd be great. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, she could really get it all the way around. Wait, Daryl from SNL. Who are we talking about Oh, right I now? thought you said Daryl Hannah. What did I say? I think you did. You I did. Oh, who, now who do I, I mean? Daryl Hammond? Now I sound gay because you said Daryl Hammond. Who's Daryl Hannah? Daryl Hannah is the blonde actress from Splash. Daryl uh, Hammond is the SNL guy that does impressions. Well, I've been wrong before, and I'm uh, sorry. You I'm... just creep. Oh, no, 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 right no. Now. It's the burger Darryl you Hammond ate last night. Daryl Hammond giving me a foot, <laughs> foot <laughs> no, job. Flush it out of your mind. Oh. Gather all that testosterone and force it out. That that thought is putting its knees in your back on an airplane. Fuck yeah, that. Yeah, you thought. know, and we should point out. I did spend. I saw you last night at the UCB theater. Yep. And I had eaten a cheeseburger before coming over there, and I ordered it, and and I asked for it medium rare. I get to the restaurant. It's, it's next door to my office. There's this place. And uh, she forgot to put the order in. So I think she put it in and probably told him to hurry. Uh-huh. So I get it back to my office. And I've only got 20 minutes to eat before I leave for UCB. Uh-huh. And I bite into it, and it's just red. I mean, yeah. it's rare. Yeah. So I do that thing where you just eat around the edges because that's yeah. the most cooked. Yeah. And I leave the whole red middle. Uh-huh. And then I get to the UCB. I do the show. And then, I mean, by the time I get in my car... I start to feel like, you know when a whale is on the beach and he starts to fill up with air? Sure. That's how my belly started to feel. And I had gas that was, <laughs> normally I enjoy my own gas. And I was rolling my own windows down. and thinking, <laughs> Wait, normally you hotbox yourself? I like to hotbox myself. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, if I'm in good health. You are the poster man of just like, this is me, baby. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I want to look at feet. I was a numbers man. Yeah. You're living without fear. You're I've never tasted own my own farts. semen, though. Never tasted my me own neither. semen. I'll, I'll I don't believe I that. I definitely haven't. I don't believe that. Why? Because I would you jerk you. off so much. Yeah, I mean, but, just by accident, you yeah, must but have you come, it. you come, and yeah. then you're like, you're no longer feeling sexual. So why would you be like, I'm going to sexual about eating your own cum? It's just I curiosity. Uh, I don't have that. I, 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 I don't even want to look down let's on bo- it. Let's both taste it. No way. Mine. Your own. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Try mine, but fresh. You want it fresh, so it's got to be. It's like it's an oyster. Be in your mouth. Oh god, yeah. this show is getting real weird. No. So the point is, I uh, smell is most of taste anyway, and you know yes. what it smells like. So in a way, we've all eaten shit too, because you smell it. Yeah, I a, think I ate shit a, last a, night a, at this burger. I, I I couldn't think of it. Was a, I don't know if a rare burger can give you the stomach thing that I had. So I got the gas and, and I walk in down. the door and I go in and then I uh, I really feel nauseous and I go in and I sit on the toilet and I it was just like a garden hose out my ass. Ooh! And then uh, I went to bed. My for brother, a while. can I interrupt? You might like this thought. My brother always said. Uh, he's like, isn't there a part of you that kind of likes diarrhea? It's oh, all yeah. the work Absolutely. out of it. Just shoots right out. Yeah, it feels great. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy taking a shit. I, the walk to the bathroom, to me, is like one of the high points of the day. And I don't know if it's... I think you have a lot of nerve endings in your anus, and I think that having that soft yeah. uh, material go through and rub against all that, it feels good. Yeah, that's, that's gone unspoken for long enough. There's I, something pleasant I get it. anal sex with guys. Sure. Well, also, the, the big argument is the prostate. Yep. That you can come. When I heard that, I was like, wow, that's like almost evolutionary. You know what I mean? It's like you can make a, somebody come by. No, my doctor put his finger prostate. in my butt the first time and uh, he put it in, which was disturbing. Yep. And then, he, and then he pushed down on the prostate. Yep. And something happened where my whole body just kind of like it was like a negative orgasm. Like and, an inward orgasm? Yeah, sort of. But and it then, felt good. No, I was sad for like 24 hours. No. It's really sad. He found your sad button. <laughs> I have cancer of the sad button. They're going to have to take out my sad button. Oh, you'll never be sad on command again. So I'm shitting like crazy, and then I go to bed, and I'm trying to lay down. And, and I mean, it's at this point, one in the morning, and I might as well. It might be. It should be noon. I'm so wide awake. Really? So uncomfortable. Oh. And then uh, I felt the pressure on my belly again and uh and i just clip back you know the the bowel movement you know yeah. it starts to go down you you you, you clench your ass and you oh, push I it see. back you say not now but i sharded a little bit oh, God. and so i ran to the bathroom with my hand cupping my anus <laughs> and then i ripped another long long stream stream long you, you you change the setting on the hose from spray to just direct yes. blast that would take gum off a sidewalk. Yes. Ugh. And then I'm smelling it, and I get so nauseous, I have to throw up. But now I can't oh. decide which end of me I want in the toilet. Oh, this is last night? This is all last night. This was until <clears throat> 7 o'clock in the morning. You're nonstop. And I was going to cancel this. Yep. But then last night I saw you at the UCP and I was like, hey, did we ever set up when we're... You're like, yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's right, at 2 <laughs> o'clock. And then I was like, if I blow it off, it's just going to... And then I'm saying, can we change the time? To me... That... And then I was like, if I call in sick, it's going to just look so uh, much I... like I wasn't sick. I wouldn't have thought it at all. 
I wouldn't have thought it at all. In fact, canceling and being cool about it is one of the great gifts you can give your friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're not like close, but I'm just like saying we're, we're comrades. You yeah. Know? We're comedians. We do podcasts. We do stand up. I would have understood. Yeah. I'm so glad well, you're here, though. I'm glad I came. You're doing a great job. I, I'm sure I've said a lot of things that are embarrassing. But... Well, we've talked about things that I, I think I'm just red as Santa right now yeah. from what we're talking about. Yeah. Let me run that. We have a couple things. Molding your kid's sexuality. That's out there. Because uh, I want to hear your thoughts as a father. And then here's the other anger scenario I was going to run by you. And I want to tell you, I want to see what you do. This is, this is a good one. So I go to pick up uh, my friend Chelsea. You know Chelsea Peretti? Sure. So I go to pick her up. And uh, she's at a friend's house. And I go and I roll in. And uh, I, I texted her. You're picking her up to do what? Go to a show together. It's in Santa Monica. We live in the same area. So it's like, let's, let's carpool. Got it. So I go and I get her. And I'm like, and we're going to be late to the show because we're pushing it. So I text. I'll say, I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And ooh, I'm goddamn Han Solo, man. I'm there in 10 minutes. Like, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Nailed it. Kind of hoping that she'd be there. That's why I texted her because she's at a party. We've already talked about this, by the way. I, like, you give a fuck. You know what I mean? That's something I worry about. Like, oh, Chelsea's going to hear this and yeah. be mad. You don't give a shit. Yes. Here I am making you feel better about my insecurity. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Anyway, so I pull up. Not there. Then I text her. I go, I'm here. And then it's an, – and she writes back, okay. And then it's another 10, no. 10, 12 minutes. Felt like fucking forever. And I'm sitting in the car. And this is important. The unexpressed male anger – is a thing, and you're the cure. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. Massive men, lives, quiet desperation, you yeah, understand? Yeah. That's me in this moment, and that's why I'm bad in relationships, especially with a girl. I'm not dating Chelsea. She's just a friend, but this is a, a situation where I feel like I'm in a relationship because in the 10 minutes, I'm thinking about, like, what am I, a car service? Yeah, you felt castrated. I felt castrated. My yeah. balls were gone, and yeah. I'm sitting there like a bitch. Yeah. Like a fucking... And you know she's going to be coming out with a couple big dudes. Yeah. Saying goodbye yeah. to them while, you, while you're hunched over well, in front of the wheel. I, I was more thinking of all... I left a party. This is at the Golden Globes. I left a Golden Globe party. She was at a different Golden Globe party. And I'm thinking of her up there eating hors d'oeuvres and stuff. Now, so she comes down... And in my mind, I've already gone through the full rage spectrum. You know yeah. what I mean? I have my little, uh, my little attack. What am I, a car service? That's in the gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? The chamber's loaded. Yeah. I have that line. And then I'm like, uh, then I'm trying to think, how do I express this in a, in a good way, in a healthy fucking way? With boundaries. With boundaries, but like, I want to be heard. Ah. Do you understand? I do. <laughs> I want to be heard. But in my mind, we have a 45-minute ride or a 40-minute ride to Santa Monica ahead of us. In my mind, I'm like, okay, if I get mad at her, she gets in the car, and I go, what the fuck was that? I texted you when I was going to be here. I'm not your goddamn car service. I feel like a real piece of shit right now. Uh, then we're just going to have an awkward ride to Santa Monica. No. That's how my mind works. Yeah. That's how I shovel sand on my anger because I think in the weirdest sort of uh, – narcissism that i can foresee how it will go yeah chelsea's not one to take somebody at, uh, like attacking her she'll she'll swing back or whatever and she's and a tough chick she's a tough chick so i can't just plow her down you know what i mean she's gonna fight back if i start a fight with yeah. her and so she got in the car and all i did was i was like uh passive aggressively started explaining other ways how my day was busy because she's like, how are you? And I was like, my day, oh, really busy. I had this and this, and I'm all over the place. And then later I told her that I was mad. And she was like, it's funny, because I knew you were mad, 
because you started this tirade about how valuable your time yeah. is. You know what I mean? She, saw right she picked it. up on it. Yeah. She could probably tell by my stupid fucking puss face. Like, yeah. I couldn't. And the octave just... of your voice, you were up yeah. high on it. Yes. A man goes low on it. I go you low. You go quiet. Yep. And short. I'm not looking at her. Nope. Fucking. I, I, no, a real man, honestly. I feel like a real. 60 seconds? Yeah. I'm on my way to Santa Monica. Really? Oh, yeah. She's, she's gone. With no text. Just go. Really? Maybe two minutes. <laughs> yeah. You just go. I don't know if I'm laughing or crying. That is amazing. Yeah. But then, here's my friend. I want to hang out with her. Sure. I want to drive to the show with her. Friend we doesn't had... make you stand out front for 10 minutes. You gave her warning. Yeah, but then she came down, Liz, and then she goes, I tried to leave, and then I got sucked into two stories. Yeah, and you go, you know what? I got to go. I got a friend who I respect out front who's a man, and I have to go, uh, you know, treat him who's with the dignity. Who's a man? Yeah. The way you looked at me and went, and there was a little nod to it, who's a man? Yeah. Yeah. It made me feel like a goddamn man again. Well, the, the, the thing is, though, I do go to sarcasm in those moments. Instead of just the passive-aggressive, I will go yeah. like, uh, yeah, so I guess I'm a piece of shit. I guess my time doesn't mean anything, you know, which is, uh, you know, okay. one, that's a very Irish way to get into it because it allows her to come back. Right. But you're once removed from the truth of what you're saying. Right. Because you're heightening it in a comic way by using sarcasm. Right. And I do that. I do, I've done that in fights with girls before. I'm like, you're handling this really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which yeah, Which is also yeah. shit. I, I it's would not like- total shit. I think it's better than, you know, she read you when you said you were busy all day. Yeah. No, she's a sharp cookie. Yeah. And she saw right through it. Sharp and she, cookie? Yeah, that's an expression. And she, uh, smart cookie. Smart cookie. Or she's sharp. Yeah. Sharp cookie. There's no sharp cookie. <laughs> yeah, you know those uh, those Jew cookies? Those are some sharp cookies. I don't like those at all. They go down, they cut you. They're like bugles. Who want a sharp cookie? The chosen people love them around Purim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't believe I pulled out Purim. Very proud of myself. So... Uh, she she knew the deal, and we actually had a very nice conversation, this kind of conversation where yeah. I was like, please, Chelsea, help me. You're a girl. Yeah. I get in relationships, and I just I can't say what I'm thinking because I'm afraid of it'll just make everything worse. So I know so many men that just keep it in, yeah. quietly build resentment. It's like a cancer of the relationship, and then all of a sudden, you break up with the girl, yeah. and they didn't see it coming. They don't know why. But you're like, I've been storing this shit in my attic for months. I thought yeah. you could smell it. And they're like, no, I'm over here by the window. Yeah. And I, I hate it. Yeah. I want to find that. So you're saying sarcasm's a good gateway to maybe learn no, how to talk? No, I think the right thing to do is you just got to have really strong boundaries and just really, uh, you know, like I have a brother who's got some issues with... Uh, being late all the time and um, making everything on his terms to where uh-huh. everybody's life is being rearranged. Power move. And at a certain point, we all just said, we're not going to do that. We're going to say we're leaving at this time. And then if he's in the car or not, we leave. And it's kind of how I, I I live my life like that. If I say this is what's happening, then that's what's happening. And I, uh, and I will definitely leave people. Really? Yeah, or break off plans I, or whatever. That, that, what is that? That must do something to you. That must help you sleep at night. That probably yeah. helps you be yeah, a yeah. generally happier person. I guess because I think I have such low self-esteem. I feel so shitty that when someone treats me like that, it consumes me. I, I So I don't let I don't let it happen yeah. because I know how it's going to make me feel. Yeah. I, I have those feelings too. And I, and I also, uh, let's take the Chelsea example out of it. When someone does something to me, I'm often kind of like, I wouldn't do this to them. I wouldn't do this to them. And that's, yeah. that's actually true. 
for the most part. I fuck up sometimes, too. I get sucked into stories, and I fuck up, too. I'm late constantly. Really? To the point where people just say, oh, you're on Fitz Dog time. Really? You know, it's you're always... You I were could pretty be... on time for this, and you were up till 7 in the morning shooting yeah. like a hose. I was late. No, I was probably you were a little 12 bit minutes late. late. You're actually one of the only people that's been late. <laughs> that was See, very passive-aggressive. Tr- <laughs> no, I thought that was aggressive-aggressive. <laughs> I, I said that, and I was like, I'm doing better already. No, if you had just said, it bothered me that you were late, but you had to take a step back. Yeah, but that, then, then I'm like, you're so funny, and your podcast is popular, and your fucking book is popular, and I'm like, thanks for doing it. And you so that salves yeah. it. Yeah. And you were sick. Yeah. Don't you see how I'm just stuck... My anger goes, I want to come out, and and then all of this reason. Well, I think when you say all those things, you can always find people. First of all, we always think people are better than they think they are. Right. Like, you know, you might build somebody up like, you know, Natasha. What's her name? Legero? Yeah. I did Chelsea Handler with her yesterday. She's so goddamn cute. I have a little crush on her all of a sudden. Yeah. And uh, you can build people up. I don't know why I brought her name up just now. But, I was trying to think of your friend uh, that you uh, the car store, yeah, Chelsea. That you can build. Oh, this person's got all this stuff going on, and uh, so their time's more valuable than mine. And it's never that, you yeah. know. It's never that. And the people that are actually the most powerful and successful usually have the most respect for other people's time for the most part. Interesting, because that's how they, you know, became people of their word, and you know, people can count on that. That old school currency of like, yeah, solid as oak. That's You'll right. Be there. You be there. I, I, I've said this before uh, on a different podcast, but I was talking about a John Hamm and just like just eye contact, posture, yeah. firm handshake. It's like a politician. You're just kind of like, this guy's really here. And doesn't defer on questions, answers straight. Yeah. yeah, straight. Well, that's why I love about his character, too. This, this is the thing. The Tony Sopranos, the Don Drapers, all these fucking men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Men. Saying exactly what they think. Yeah. I'm so far from that, but the, the conversations like this actually do help. Therapy. What about that helps. line in uh, Bridesmaids where John Hamm says, uh, "God, I really want you to leave, but yeah! I don't want to seem like a dick." It's the greatest because that Fucking takes so it to the funny. nth degree. Yeah, inappropriate degree. Yeah, like a like it's kind of beautiful in its wrongness. Yeah, it's so so wrong. It's so wrong, so but th- it's so right because it's exactly how he feels. Well. I, I'm always uh, against the sad dad. I always have the idea of the sad dad in my mind. Sad dad is uh, a concept. Have you? Have we talked about sad dad before? Sad dad is something I'm always fighting against. A lot of times I just see dads and I see them in the construct of families and stuff. And uh, they have kids. And this isn't every relationship. I know wonderful relationships. But I, they have these kids. The kids replace them as the object of affection. You know what I mean? Like they're no longer... These are unhealthy relationships, clearly. Uh, the kids are now the main concern for the mom. The dad is now belittled into this kind of like... Yeah, he's a caddy. He's a caddy. He, he, does, he drives places. Yep. He helps. He works. And they putter around, and they shave in the morning, and they're like, how the fuck did I get here? Mm-hmm. I used to be the king. Yeah. And now I'm a sad dad. Yeah. And this depresses me more than anything. And I look at these men sometimes, and I'm like, if you were born in a different time, you'd, you'd still be like out in the fields, like arching, like fucking shooting flaming arrows over castle walls and stuff, being, yeah, ah! Yeah. And, and he knows he has that potential, and instead he's just kind of like, oh, oh, fuck. <clears throat> 
Yeah, I think that that's hard to escape because the biology of it is you give your sperm to the woman and then she makes the babies and then it's them. You you really have you're the booster rocket and you are detached <laughs> now falling into the ocean, you know? No. And so But no. But no, I'm just saying that biologically that is the paradigm. Yeah. So you have to work against it. You got to work against it in the sense that like um one of the one of our wedding vows was no one or no thing, including our children, will will ever be um, more important than we are to each other. Beautiful. Yeah, and that's an that's an Moving. important thing. A, a priest said that to us, and uh, we get we didn't get married Catholic, but we talked to every religion about it where we were going to do it, and that really stuck. And and it's something I remind her of. You know, yeah. like you're starting to put the kids ahead of us, right? Yeah. Now. Oh God, I love it kind of. And but she's a stay-at-home mom. She's been a stay-at-home mom for 12 years. Uh-huh. And uh I work, I make all the money. Yeah. And we went to a couple's therapist very briefly. You know, we really I hate to say it, we don't have big issues in our marriage. And part of it is that we have a traditional marriage. I, you know, she makes me dinner uh-huh. and uh she when she asked me to do something like pick a kid up, she thanks me for doing it. Uh huh. And I, uh, I you know, I examples. do the manly shit. I do the stuff like I refinance the house and you I pull guys buy out of the cabs. cars and I protect. You Pulled protect. a knife on a guy behind our house once because he was rude to her. Really? Yeah. And uh, you know, so I and she feels safe with me. <laughs> oh god. And so, um, so it's very much I think because we're aware of that's the paradigm mixed in. With a healthy dose of modern, we're equals. Yep. I listen to her. I respect her. I take nothing for granted. Uh-huh. But she also knows as a performer and a writer, I can't do uh, what I do to the best of my ability if she's henpecking me over stuff. Because we had this period before the couples therapist where it was like, yeah, I was around the house and she was expecting equal commitments to the house stuff. Yeah. And this therapist said to her, look, Aaron, you made a choice. You could have gone back to work. You chose to be a full-time mom. That's your job. Right. Greg's job, because of that, is to make all the money. So you have to give him that. You know, you have to give him that time. The ability to be around the house but not working necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And that I'm going to come off the road, and you know, what does that look like? Are you watching movies? Or you can, no, no, cause, no. Cause, I have this office. I go to the office. You go to the office. It's important to have somewhere. If to I go. hang around the house, she kicks me out. She doesn't because she's busy doing right. paperwork. You're or in the whatever. way. You're in the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm kind of in the way, and I just try to. Have I've been sex watching movies. <laughs> I just I, I see, like she'll be bent over the file cabinet. She'll turn around, and my dick will be you know out. Uh, right. What is your life? What is this paradise that you've constructed? <laughs> You love your wife. You're shaving her pussy. Yeah. You want to fuck her because yeah. she bent over. She's hot. Fuck you, man. She's hot. She's got a great rack. 34 D cup. I think we talked about this. Yeah. Because I like boobs too. You met my wife, didn't you? With that benefit, maybe you. It might have been very briefly. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of people back there. Shave pussy. 34 D. <laughs> Always bending over. Yeah. 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 Just I, I remember over. that. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Your dick was out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. 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 Uh, that that's fantastic. I just I'm so happy to hear stuff like this. It's so affirming to me that that, that that's happening. Also, in the construct of comedian, which is a weird life. Yes, that's what that we always talk about that on the show. You have that bit on Letterman. Your Letterman's, by the way, are just real, real nice. Real nice. Thank you. Real, real nice. I was gonna, nice. I was gonna overshoot it. Sometimes I get shit for kissing my guest's ass too much, but I, I have people that I enjoy. Yeah. You sure. Understand? Who gives a fuck? So you're, you're Letterman. You have that great thing about your wife putting your, your uh, son or daughter to bed. Yeah. And saying, go to sleep, but don't dream. 
we have enough dreamers in this house. <laughs> meaning you. Meaning you. It's like not working yeah. out. It's a joke. It's, yeah. it's a very funny uh, suspension of disbelief like the dick with the it's sex theater uh, is you're on Letterman talking about how it's not working out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's kind of a funny well, thing it, happening but there. But it's also um, in the sense she's not disappointed in me, but I know for a fact that she would love if I was doing a nor like she I write on TV shows and then I get sick of them and I quit or I try sure. to get fired <laughs> and then uh, and then I go back to what I love you know and stand out yeah and so I know she'd rather I just if I stayed with a writing job full on she'd yeah. be much happier yeah but she doesn't give me shit about it she knows I got to do what I got to do yeah and um she gets it but but I think that it's um. It's a separation. She's never. She never watches. Like I was on Chelsea. She won't watch that. She's never listened to one of my podcasts yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. Never listened to one of my radio shows. She'll come out and see me do stand up once a year. It'll once all be every new. couple of years. It's all new. And it's only because like I, you know, a couple of friends are coming out. So she says, "Yeah, we'll go out to dinner." And right. she ends up at the club. Right. Okay. And so, which is really healthy because again, it's like she she's not consumed with. What I do, right? You know, it's about what I what happens when I come home, and I'm yeah. a good dad, and I'm a good husband, and yeah. I really am. Like, you know, all weekend long, every second, I'm doing stuff with the kids. Yeah. And if I'm on the road, I Skype them every night, and you know, there's a really there's a huge sense of commitment on my part because my dad was not. So my worst fear in the world is being a dad who's distant, yeah. and not involved. Yeah. So. It all kind of works, you know. We communicate a lot about it, and it it all works. That's fantastic. You yeah. answered the question I always ask, which is how to what level are they involved in comedy? She she seems to understand from what you're saying that it's important. Like when you're when you're kind of like she gets that I need to do stand up. That's important to your yeah. core. Yeah. And but then she's also not necessarily just consuming blindly everything that you do, which I think would be weird. Yes. Which is a type of crack. I've said this again uh, before on the show. I know it's a type of crack to have somebody that just loves everything that you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then it starts to wear out. Yeah. So she seems to have her thing as a mom, and that is validating for her. That's fulfilling. I mean. Yeah, she's uh, you know manages the soccer team, and she does a ton of volunteer work at the school. And I mean, with the idea of that, that's going to keep her skills. Right. Sharp so she can get back into the workplace. But she's very overwhelmed. Most women that have stayed home for this long, really, you know, she's 45 and she's like, what, how am I going to get hired? What skills? It's like a real right. it's confidence like, crisis. It's like being in prison. Yeah, I and guess then you're, so. You're reintroduced into society. Yeah, yeah. And neither you're Tim Robbins or your Brooks. A lot of Shawshank references here. Jeez. A lot of Shawshank. Yeah, I just saw her. We have a creek behind our house and she was on her knees in it. Who, yesterday, what? looking up at the sky. Who was? This is a Shaw, Shawshank uh, reference. <laughs> Remember? No. What part? Remember, is it Morgan Freeman? Who's oh, knees looking up at the sky. With the, the sky. And yeah. It's Tim Robbins, Tim and the Robbins. rain comes yeah. down because he got out of the, I'd like to say, and uh, yeah, that, that's yeah, right. yeah, he crawled through yeah. miles of shit. Uh, it sounds like you're afraid of, I mean, clearly you're neurotic about relationships. And yeah. You have a fear of, uh, being in one where you lose yourself. Well, I, that's what happens. That wow, that's exactly what happens. Is so I, marriage to you is a huge fear. I was married. Oh, you were. Yeah, I was married when I was twenty-two. I got divorced okay. when I was twenty-eight. Okay. So on the one hand, I know what it's like to be a young person and be like, "There's no pain in the world. I'm going to get married." It didn't elevate my heart rate at all. I was yeah. like, "This is what you do. I'm going to be with this person." And uh, and now that I'm on the outside, I, I I'm worried about my boundarylessness. 
I can't tell someone you pissed me off for making me wait. I can't tell someone to stop mashing the back of my seat. So the cancer that I'm trying to cure is that inability to yeah. express myself in a relationship. Yeah. Because I think they're I, I just want to adore them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of ever crossing the line and being like it's kind of, that doesn't work for me. That's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, see, for that's me. the thing is I see guys like you get in a relationship and it's the greatest for the girl. Yeah. Because you know, you're never but at the same time they know there's something missing, that there's a we lack work, of honesty it's, in the moment it's of what's the Patrice happening. Thing. Patrice's great analogy of sharks and uh, the girl's a shark and I'm their bait. You and and are on their food and sharks can't date their food. Have you heard this? No. It's a great. It's a great bit. And it's like I'll I'll often be the girl's food, even though I like. I'd rather be a shark. You know what I mean? And I can be a shark. I've been, I've had relationships where I'm the shark, and I've had relationships where I'm the food. Yeah. And and after a certain point, Patri- I'm quoting Patrice here, but he's like, the girl realizes like, fuck this food, and just eats you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're just and then you're just her shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's hard. It's very, very valuable to be talking. <laughs> well, relationships are power. They're all power. You know, there, there's a certain amount of power in every relationship, and I think it's, I think it has to be acknowledged. Yeah, to some degree. Uh, if you're in denial, like I think the whole problem with the whole postmodern structure of marriage that we're true partners and everything's equal, it's it's disingenuous, and I think right. it's it's creating a false premise about what what it's going to be. I mean, one right. of you is going to be a, an alpha. One of you is going to be more of like the, uh, you, you know... Um, beta. The be- is that what it is? Beta. Yeah, beta yeah. yeah. And I think that if, you, if you're if you not both aware of that, then it's... Does it fluctuate, though? There have to be areas where, you're, where your wife is the alpha. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you relinquish that yes. control. No, when I'm home, I don't... she relinquishes I don't you. second guess her, her decisions about the uh, kids. You unified know, she really, front... She really knows how to raise these kids. I mean, my, my uh, daughter yesterday would not leave the house to go to school, and she's eight, and she's just, I don't want to go, and shut down, and like literally I'm dragging her down the hallway, and she's grabbing doors and hanging on, <laughs> and I'm just, you know, my whole thing, you're going to fucking school, and my wife just said, now what's going on, JoJo? And uh, JoJo said um, that... They're doing math at school and they're going too fast and it's not fair because some kids can't do and all this and and my wife said, Look, she's being really vulnerable right now and she's telling me something that's going on emotionally with her. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna keep her home from school and we're gonna talk and blah blah blah. And then she talked to her teacher and said, This is an issue that's going on with Jojo and uh, Jojo went to school and talked to her teacher. And it was a beautiful way of of saying to the kid you know, first and foremost, I'm here and I hear you. I'm listening to what yeah. you're saying and feeling. God. Whereas opposed to me, my instinct was yeah. get your ass in there and yeah, you go to school yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. And I'm constantly in awe of my wife's uh, instincts about stuff like that with our kids. Yeah. And I feel like they're so lucky to have that in their lives. You, I, it sounds like they are. Yeah. Huge boobs, huge heart. And they have no idea about the bush. <laughs> I mean that would be icing on the cake. I'll tell her. I'll tell my son when he's older. I, I was thinking, you know, well, your mom. Oh God! In this Cape Cod bar that I keep referencing, <laughs> the whole time when I'm thinking of you dragging JoJo to school, I'm thinking of your other son who's already been at school for three hours for the elective grammar study in the morning. From well, you know, they both go to Spanish immersion school. What's that? Oh, they, really? They oh, learn really? In Spanish. Yeah, they're my son's fluent. You know, we've traveled around Central America, and he's like our tour guide. He speaks. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it's amazing. You're fucking doing yeah, it. Yeah, and she speaks Spanish too. This home of love yeah. and 
fucking and kids and compromise and bilingual and yeah. travel and dad's on TV and he had the shits all day and still showed up for showed a podcast. Up. Showed up. Fuck you, man. You're doing I'm it. I'm doing it. God damn it. There's no choice. There's no other choice. <laughs> you set all these things up and then you have to keep the plate spinning. Yeah, but You some know, people... you have the kids and you got to... You got to raise. You have the house. You got to pay the mortgage. You, you know, you get in the podcasting world. You get out there and you, you, you know, you, you're part of this team. We're all on a team together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're we're all trying it. to take this thing to the next level. Spin the plates together. Spin the plates. <laughs> this is truly inspiring. I love it so so much. There is a choice though. People fuck up. People don't show up. People don't do it. I mean, like. You're saying it like there's no choice, but you have that in you, which I see in a lot of people. You want to do well. Yeah. You want to do well. I want to not fail. Yes. To be honest, that's much more important to me. Bill Burr had a uh, – when I, I opened for him, and he just did the show, and there was a, a thing – his old bio, right, uh, years and years ago, like seven years ago, was like, uh, I promise not to suck. It yeah. was like Dear Booker or whatever. Oh, I remember that. I it was will his, not suck. It was his suck. college uh, – Yeah. Yeah. And I read that, and I was like – Wow. It was like vulnerable, but also confident. It's just like, yeah. look, I'm, I won't suck. I'm just yeah. not going to suck. I promise not to suck. Yeah. You don't want me to suck. I don't want to suck. I think I say that to audiences all the time. I'm like, we're on the same team. Yeah. You want me to do well. I want to do well. Let's unite. Let's yeah. work together. Yeah. Because yeah. I really want to do well and you want me to do well. Yeah. That's an important thing to remember. But also, I think there is a point where, <laughs> like, I think Patrice more represented, he wanted to do great. Yep. He wasn't afraid to fail. So I think that there were times when I see certain comics, you know, Colin Quinn is like that. They may not necessarily be the biggest comics in the world, but they really, when you take the fear out of the equation and you just really are aspiring to do great things, yeah. I think that the, the results, assuming you have the talent, are much, much better. That's true. Do you, do you follow Colin on uh, Twitter? Yeah, that's I constantly. He's the best it's guy. It's the on best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, is, is it? I am Colin Quinn. Yeah, I think so. That's what it is. And, and he retweet. He gets so much hate. I know. He just puts out the most. What is it? They're bombastic, crazy, simple, hilarious. Well, they're also these. I just watches the hate roll in. And there's all these like colloquialisms where he's like, you know, the kids today don't understand. Yeah. That, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. if we could just get decency back. Yes. There's this whole weird yeah. old-timey voice that he uses. Yes. It's great. And people think it's real. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't I don't even want to say that. Maybe it is real. Let's just well, say he is that. also very right-wing. Is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, Colin's very right-wing. Yeah. That whole Olive Tree Cafe group of guys. Really? You know, Jim Norton and Colin and Patrice and uh, even Attell to some degree. They're all Republicans. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Really? Breaking each other's balls and then being like, there's too much tax on the wealthy guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're just about, you know, it, people, they don't appreciate weak people getting anything for free. You got to earn it. Yeah. Well, that kind of adds up for me. That adds, I could see them being that yeah. way. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's bring this around the bend for, uh, for uh, oh, I had one good question for you. I thought this was a pretty good question. Could your script. Yeah. No, I, I was just listening to your stand It looks like one of those... Uh, it looks Dream like, boards. It also, I thought it looked like a threatening letter to Anderson Cooper. 
like a crazy person's <laughs> like, dear, fuck you. Uh, does stand-up calm your anger? Is that a, is oh, that a yeah. for you? Sometimes I get really depressed, and I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then Somebody I, just touched your prostate. And, and then, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to go on and do and some I gotta, sets. Yeah, I got to get my ass intact. Yeah. And I go out, and I do a set, and, I, and I'm driving home, and I'm on top of the world. Yeah. I feel great. Yes. And so I was... Uh, I kind of took a took a little time off the road in uh, leading up to Christmas, like November, December, mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing sets, and I was going nuts, and so I started doing. I didn't know what shitty little rooms were around town, right? right. And so you know, I usually go out. I'll do if I'm going to do sets, I'll do like a spot at the Improv, one at the Laugh Factory, and then I start asking around about other rooms that are out there. And I didn't realize like there's a wealth of like really cool rooms. The best being the one we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. The, the nerd, the meltdown, Nerdist room. Yeah, the Wednesday. It was night. amazing. Yeah. And so I've been going out to this and yes. UCB and um and uh you know I really I'm getting a lot out of it. I'm writing new stuff and I'm feeling you know uh, much more. It's, I realize it's really become part of the software for me. Yes, my personality. It's the, it's I need the program to you're running. It, yeah. you, you need that fuel. That that, that that it's it's one of the best feelings in the world. Uh, I, I, for some reason, one of the ones I did Holy Cross right uh, in, in Boston. It's oh, college, sure, yeah. College of, of the. And for some reason, I was leaving, and I w- I just felt so connected to, to everything to, to to people to yeah. the people that I just performed for. Yeah. I did feel connected to, to God, whatever. I'm always looking for God, and that feels like a closeness to something spiritual, yeah. to the universe, to the planet. And I'm just like, to my friends, my heart like overwhelms me. I'll think about my family, and I'll think about my life, and I'll get like choked up, like emotional yeah. after a set. It, it's this insane drug cocktail that I don't think it's bad that I'm addicted to it. I, no, I, I think no. it's good to be addicted It's an to it. amazingly positive addiction, but it is an addiction. Yes, it's a compulsion. Yeah. You need it. Yeah, and there's downsides to it. I mean, it can promote narcissism, and it can create a social dynamic that I find I'm always working against when I'm at a party. And it's like, no, I'm not the guy talking for an hour while everybody shuts up. Yes. And I go so far out of my way to be the guy that only asks questions yeah. and listens to people. Yeah, yeah. Because I... Well, I that's just don't enjoy that. Because you do a podcast, and this, this show is, has taught me a, a little bit better how to be a better listener. Mm-hmm. I, I think like doing the first episode uh, was very difficult for me. It was yeah. with a friend. And I still, I, as you can tell, I talk a lot on this podcast, but I listen better more now. Do yeah. you find that way? Uh, yeah, you find yeah. That as well? well, any good host, and it's so... It's amazing how many of these guys that are the late night hosts are not good listeners. And watching that, I really have to keep reminding myself they they think they're listening, right? And but they're really just crafting some bit. Yeah, usually. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think that the truth is like I, I studied the Meisner technique for two years at the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York. Okay, which is all just listening and answering. Oh, that's the the acting technique. I've yeah, heard it's where, the Meisner technique. Yeah, it's all you reacting. Know? Yeah, you listen. And you react. You clear your mind. You know all your lines, yeah. but you're not thinking about your lines. You're looking at the person. Yeah. You're hearing their tone, yeah. and you're feeling it, and then you're throwing your line back with that same. Right. And I found that in terms of interviews and crowd work on stage, yes. is I put all my attention on the person that's yeah. echoing or talking you, to me. You lock on. And I don't think. I just talk to them. Yes. And, it, and the crowd goes fucking crazy because it's not like a... How about I take my dick? Or right, like, right, it's just right, like right. no, you're you're basically you're you're exposing them yeah. by just talking to them, and you wipe it clean, and you're right there. It's like it's like you're able to meditate for a moment on yeah. stage. Yeah, and, yeah, oh, yeah. I love that. That's yeah. fucking brilliant. I love that. Yeah, and I think there's an element of even listening to your own 
you know, I'm sure you know how it is when you're feeling rote on stage and you're saying your act. Yeah, and you're and not you listening it, to it. You can see it going into a vacuum. Yeah, Kumail said that to me once, where you just see a tube in front of you and you see the words going into the tube. Yeah, that's what it feels like to bomb for me. It's like they're just they're not reaching the audience at all. There's yeah. no connection. There's no electricity. And it's because you're not present in your own act. Right. You're not, you know. Not that you got to change the words around, but there's always a way of discovering how you felt when you first wrote the bit. Yes, you know. I, I think singers are the same way. You know, yeah. if they're gonna if they're gonna really wail out some ballad, I think they're gonna have like I saw um, Adele. Adele, is that a person? <laughs> it's a singer. I know nothing. Oh. I was gonna say uh, Glenn Hansard. Did you see the movie once? No. I reference this movie a lot, don't I? This is my Malcolm Gladwell of music. Uh-huh. I, I always reference the same things. Probably doing a podcast, you probably know what your things are. One of my things is the movie Once. And yeah. uh, the Glenn Hansard, and I've, I've seen the Swell Season play, that's his group. And he plays the song that's clearly about someone leaving him. And I saw him play it live, and he was crying at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, there are notes in that song that I guarantee he wouldn't be able to hit if he wasn't going to be like, fuck that girl. Yeah, yeah, She left yeah. me, man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I think it's the same thing with us. You know what's funny? Speaking of referencing things, I have this running joke with my wife. Every time I see Gwyneth Paltrow on a movie screen, mm-hmm. I do not know who the fuck it is. And I always go, who's that actress? It's not Gwyneth a bit. Paltrow. No, not a bit at all. <laughs> and I see her at award shows. Who is it? It's Gwyneth And for whatever reason... Uh, I, I can't, and then I just can't think of her name. Yeah. So, so I'm on Chelsea Handler yesterday and we're, the joke is we're talking about how Jay-Z named his baby, like, uh, some weird name. Sure. So that's where I got a joke written. I got a joke written about It's something strain and blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Blue I've been, Ivy. I've been to that club. And so I go, well, what about, well, it's kind of like, uh, and then I go, who's that actress? This long of a pause. And then Chelsea like breaks up laughing. Everybody starts laughing and they just move on. No. And I'm sitting, it's like your worst nightmare on a panel yes. discussion show. And it was Gwyneth Paltrow. And I'm thinking my wife is going to laugh her uh, ass off so she doesn't watch the show. Uh, and then so like a minute later, Chelsea's talking and, and then she goes, well, Apple, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's kid. And I went, that's, I jump out of my chair. I'm like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and the thing is, I have such bad ADD and recall and yeah. memory that like, I'm always worried that I'm going to forget shit like that. Yeah. And then it happened. Yes. And it was so great that it happened that it was just funny and I just laughed at it. I love that. Know? I have a terrible memory for female actresses for some reason across the board. Yeah. I can remember guys, but for, I, and, you know, I'll, I'll go. Like people will be like, "Oh, Rachel McAdams is uh, the new Catwoman." Oh. And I'm like, I have no yeah. idea. There's who so that many is. of those women that are so interchangeable right now. Oh, that's kind of part Don't of you it. Think? Yeah, that's part of it, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, I guess you could say Channing Tatum is like Matt Damon-ish, I guess. But for some reason, I know who both of them are. Interesting. I don't know something about the dude face. I can remember. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, we were talking about uh, being connected. And feeling God, and that's always how we, we round the show out. I, I couldn't be more interested in to hear your thoughts on spirituality. You grew up Catholic. Yeah. Where are you now? Are you culturally Catholic? Kids, um, kids going I, to Mass? I, I have a problem with anybody just deciding that it's this is the answer. You know, I think life—you you take the most—you take a fact that everybody in the country would agree on— and there's still a really good chance that it's wrong. Yeah. But there's layers of it that are incorrect. Sure. And so if you get into the big questions, you know, existential questions about life, obviously, you know, it's shadows on the cave wall. 
And so I feel Wait, like that's a that's a dig dig cart. Wait, who wrote that? The shadows on the cave wall. Yeah, which that's some philosopher. Yeah, was not Descartes. Um, I, we're on the same page. We're yeah, talking about like we're, in, we're that, interpreting something that's yeah that that we we never fa- I mean, the, the metaphor for shadows on the cave wall is that man is never looking directly at the source. Yeah, we have our backs to the source in a cave, and that all we're seeing is the reflections right from behind us. Yes. as they play out on a cave wall in Makes front of us. Makes sense to me. So, um, I believe. In science, obviously, I don't believe in the Bible. I think it's a series of really well-written, captivating morality tales. There's some grammatical errors. There's a lot, of, yeah. <laughs> but I believe that. Um, I but I and so obviously you've got evolution and you've got survival of the fittest, which is the, you know, what is accepted by us liberals as the absolute truth. Uh huh. But then you think about. But then why do us liberals also believe in affirmative action? And um, handicap ramps and welfare. And med- I mean, if, medicine, I guess you could say. Yeah, if we, well, medicine might be seen as, you know, the, the fittest will get the medicine. Yeah. But maybe should, they'd be should... against Obamacare, maybe. Yeah, interesting. But I mean, it really falls in much more with the right wing in yeah. terms of, you know, true evolution is no, people are supposed to fail. As a right. matter of fact, our species depends on it and we're working against it. Right. And so then well, I it's think, like Wally. Did you see Wally? No. Oh, watch it with your kids. It's great. Is it like once? <laughs> so I feel like the uh, <laughs> the guy with the inane movie references. <laughs> Why don't you fucking watch some real movies, man? What do you have like the Walmart your, your discount eyes, bin movies? So dismissive. <laughs> so dismissive. You told me to go fuck myself forever with your eyes. Wally's a Pixar movie. It's oh, you love it. It's right. fantastic, but everybody ends up uh fucking in like basically like wheelchairs on a spaceship just fat as like they're they don't even have bones anymore cuz they're just fat. Yeah. Well it's it's actually kind of I don't know if it's controversial or or whatever, but it's kind of like that they're saying that's where we're headed. Yeah. Like we'll all just be kept alive to be fat and zip around and not really do anything and just kind of be like cattle, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I just think, uh, just in terms of like, um, you you have you have nature and you have grace, and that nature doesn't allow for, you know, this poor calf. You know, we got to take care of him. Right. It's like, no, that guy's going to get eaten. Well, oh, Bill and then, has a bit about this about the lion. Bill Burr? Bill Burr, yeah. What does he say? He's like, there's a pack of lions, and if there's a, a wounded lion, they're just like, sorry, and they just keep going. Yeah. And he's talking about, he has a lot of bits about re- reducing the population. I actually was like, are you in the Illuminati? Because he was just talking about, like, uh, we already have that guy. There's too many of us. There wouldn't be traffic. We need to, like, get rid of all these people, stop having babies, all this yeah. sort of stuff. Do you share some of this, like, reduce the... No, not at all. I mean, I believe that there is grace and that we do intervene. Yeah, you can't there be against... Something and there can't, you can't have that if there were no God... There would be no grace. There would be no um, uh, counterbalance to pure Evil. Darwinism. Yeah, you know. You're saying? Are you saying though that our grace that we manifest becomes God? Or are you saying God gives us that? God grace? gives us that. You think God gives us the grace? So we're, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with a conscious God, like a thinking God, like a like a hands-on God. Not a watchkeeper god wound the earth up and let it go. Well, I guess I think about morality a lot. And, and you know, the, I went through this period where I thought, well, I can do anything I want if nobody finds out about it. Because 
what's the difference? Like, I really don't think that there's an afterlife. I don't think that there's karma. I just think that, you know, in the absence of any real culpability, you have to create your own moral universe and you have to live in it. Mm -hmm. And so I thought hard about, well, what's my moral universe and do I have the discipline to really stick to my own rules? Mm -hmm. And if I don't, does it matter? You know, if I were to run over a homeless guy in an alley... And no one saw. And no one saw it. Would I have some civic responsibility to, you know, call the cops, wait there with the guy? Maybe I was texting. Maybe I was drinking. Yeah. And stand there and be sent to jail, be away from my family for a guy who has no living relatives probably or friends. And he's, you know, a human life that I took. Mm -hmm. But that if nobody knew about it, does not change anything in the universe. Mm -hmm. And so... And my answer would be, yeah, I would leave. You know, I, I don't think that I would stick around for that. But at the same time, you know, then w- where where does your humanity begin? Well, I give a lot of money to charity, and I do charity work. Right. And, uh, I care about my fellow this, beings. This is murky stuff, right there. Though you're saying, though, your life outside of prison is good. Like you're giving to charity. Like you outside of prison will be giving to these charities yes. and helping other homeless people. But it's also <laughs> what what is the choice that I make? that is right and what's wrong. It's different for every person. Like, I don't believe that you should take Ten Commandments and say, well, these are the rules I'm going to live by, because you didn't write them. How right. can you, How can you? Ha- like, to me, your life is an exploration of what's right and wrong and yeah. what, your, what your choices are going to be. Right. And if you, if you just adopt them, whether it's from the church or even just the laws of the country, if you just go, well, I've never broken a law in this country, at the end of your life, what have you done? You've just been a piece of fucking... Uh, you know, you just worked your way through the machine. You haven't done anything. Right. So it's almost like, where do you take your stand? I mean, there's civil disobedience. I and feel like I'm joining Fight Club right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and your son, ooh, your son's going to grow up to fight you. You're going to be a super Oh, uh, Believe me, that's the Oedipal thing up. is no joke. Yeah, it's sure. Really, he's he's on he's on schedule to be six foot one, according to his doctor. Really, he's smarter than me. Like anything we As start, a whip, a sharp cookie. We start. To, he's a sharp cookie. <laughs> we'll start playing a new video game together, and he whips my ass. Really, he's already athletically almost the same as me. Yeah, but he's going to follow rules and not really participate in life in the way that you're saying. He'll never be worth anything. He <laughs> he's not going to get his hands dirty. No. No. He's not going to get He's his hands He's not going to shake it up. My daughter will. He won't. Look at you. You are one of the most interesting people I've ever talked to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no fear coming off of you. There's just no uh, negative heat coming off of you. It's fantastic. It's five years of a midlife crisis, and I've finally come out the other side of it. Yeah? Yeah. Did you buy a motorcycle? Now I almost bought a Dodge Challenger and I bought a Prius and that's when I knew that the uh, midlife crisis was over. Was over. Yep. You're back to contr- so if you're going to kill a homeless guy, you're going to do it in an uh, eco-friendly and very quietly. Yep. Nobody's going to hear you. That's away. probably why you hit him. <laughs> if you had the charger, I was backing up. Yeah, he would have heard me coming. The charger. <laughs> you that would have. Yeah, that would have been a better, better choice for humanity. Murky, murky stuff. Where are we? Time. Really. Well, that's about right, but I, I feel like we've covered like eight hours of goodness. I thought it was going to be like a three-hour show. Hey, I feel good about it. I, I feel, feel good. good. It feels like it has a nice bow on it. Nice bow. Yeah, we landed it. We landed it. You know, we stepped it out. Here's the things I didn't say on my crazy paper. When did you know you were going to be a comedian? Who gives a fuck? There's danger behind your eyes. Wow. Ed Harris. You ever get that? No. What? I look like Ed Harris. First time? Never heard it. Jesus Christ. You also see it? 
I mean, I'm surprised you don't get stopped for autographs. Wow. Yeah. Harris. Does stand-up calm your anger? Anger. White out. Fist fights. How many times have you been punched in the face? Sober. Eh, who cares? You're like an angry Ray Romano. Ah! Uh, this is the stupidest thing we do. People still keep commenting that Keep It Crispy is stupid. Like, I don't know. We have the guests say Keep It Crispy. It's fucking stupid. There's no reason for it. You talk about an absolute morality. I decided that at the end of the show, the guest says Keep It Crispy. You don't have to. But I, if you do, I, we're both aware that it's stupid. Nobody here thinks it's not stupid. I'm not comfortable with it. Fucking A. Good for you. Yeah. Greg Fitzsimmons, I'm as delighted when people don't say it. You and Anthony Jeselnik are the only two that didn't say it. Okay. Marin said it. Did he? He's all grumpy. He said it. Bill Burr said it. Uh, Gaffigan said it. <laughs> Silverman said it. <laughs> Look at you. You're in, a, you're in a very elite group. Not comfortable. At the end of the year, we'll send you uh, different holiday gifts. That's you, great. You and Jeselnik. You'll get okay. some different gift. Greg Fitzsimmons, thanks so much, man. Anything to plug the book? Yeah, uh, Fitzdog Radio, the podcast. You can get the Fitzdog app for free and listen to any of the old episodes. Hundreds of them on there. Um, also, the book, Dear Mrs. Fitzsimmons, is available on audible.com, iTunes, um, Amazon. Uh, the website's fitzdog.com. When does this air? Uh, I might push it up. I loved it. So we'll figure it out. All right, because then I got some gigs coming up in uh, Portland. Portland, good, good Oregon, coming up at the end of January. So check those out. Dates are on fitstog.com. To quote Portlandia, where young people go to retire. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Thursday nights on the Speed Channel, I host a show called Pumped every Thursday at 7. Hey, all right. Well, thank you so much for doing it, man. What an honor. I, I think, appreciate I it. I think you know I loved it. I, no, I, I did, pre- too. I, oh, good. I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Keep it. I'll say it. Crispy. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.